some things last night, amen. I won't say that I didn't get rest. I got rest, amen, but I didn't really sleep because my mind was going 100 miles an hour. And uh, uh, part of it is because there is a text that um, over the last few months I have studied out and, and preached, amen, to our church, but then there's just more depth and level to it. And my my pastor, Pastor Blizzard, called me and he was talking to me the other day and he said, I want you to understand something. He said, God has given you something, amen. And he is showing you something and it's for the church universal, amen. Not talking about the universal church, but the church that is apostolic, that is everywhere, amen. And uh, he said, I want you to continue to pray, he said, because it's going to be very specialized for each each place that you go to. He understands that each year I limit myself to about five, maybe six places to preach um, and I don't go unless it is the Lord. It's an, it may be an invitation but it also might be a distraction, amen. And with the, the, the load that the Lord has given me of work uh, in the kingdom of God, I don't want to be distracted, amen. And so uh, when Deacon Turner had called me and said, we'd like to invite you back out. Uh, there was just a yes that leaped up in my spirit, amen, and I felt like I was supposed to be here, amen. Um, and so I just want to say thank you again for inviting me. I do believe that I'm here, amen, not necessarily just by invitation, but by appointment. And so my duty is not necessarily to you first, it's to God. And if I don't deliver what God gave me to come here, I would be the biggest mess up failure ever. Amen. And so I just got to give you what God has. Amen. And I just got to scream with everything I got. And if I ain't got a scream left, I'll whisper with everything I got. But we're going to have church. Amen. Amen. If you have your Bibles, I am going to invite you to stand, amen, for the reading of the word of the Lord. We're going to read two portions of scripture. The first one will be out of 1 Corinthians chapter 16, and then the second will be out of Psalm 143, amen. So 1 Corinthians 16, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, and Psalm 143. If you don't have a Bible, share with somebody next to you. If you are a visitor, amen, we want to make sure you can see the word of the Lord. If you are a saint and you don't have a Bible with you, shame on you. <laughs> amen. Man, now I'm not trying to overstep my boundaries, amen, but I am going to be direct and straight, amen. And uh, I am looking forward to what God is going to do today, amen. 1 Corinthians 16 and beginning at verse number 7. 1 Corinthians 16 and verse number 7. It says, For I will not see you now, by the way, but I trust to tarry a while with you. He said, I, I desire to be there, but by the way, I, I'm not going to come right now. I can't make it. He said, if the Lord permits, I'll be there and I'm going to spend a while with you. And we're going to have a good time when I get there. Amen. He says in verse 8, but I will tarry at 
Ephesus until Pentecost. Somebody say Pentecost. I love the church. I want to be there with you. I desire to spend some time with you. But right now I got to stay in Ephesus because I got to wait for Pentecost. (laughs) Amen. Verse number nine, for a great door, everybody say great door, and effectual is open unto me, and there are many adversaries, amen. I want to come to you, I can't right now, but if the Lord will permit, when I get there, we'll spend some time together, but for right now, I'm staying right here until Pentecost. I'm not moving till Pentecost. I'm not going to the right, the left, until Pentecost, I'm not looking for anything else until Pentecost because right now there's a great door that's open to me and it's an effectual door that's open to me and I know that even though all these good things are happening, there's many adversaries in the midst of all of this. Amen. I'll explain it and break it down a little bit more in a minute here. Go with me to Psalm 143. Psalm 143. Psalm 143 and verse number 10. Psalm 143 and verse number 10. Teach me to do thy will, for thou art my God. Thy spirit is good, lead me into the land of uprightness. Amen. Teach me to do your will, for thou art my God. Thy spirit is good. Lead me into the land of uprightness. I'm going to preach here for just a little while, the door of destiny. The door of destiny. Amen. I pray that the Lord will open our hearts, our our hearts, our minds, our ears. We'll remove every distraction. We'll pay attention. And we'll receive what God has. Amen. I'll give it everything I've got. Will you give it everything you got? Amen. I'm not worried about the rest of the day. Amen. You just got to understand something. Amen. A few weeks ago, we had church. And altar call from the first service was just lingering on. The Spanish service came in and they just picked up and took off. The altar call lingered on and I had to get to another service. So I ran to that other service and I got a phone call, a man later that said altar call went for about two more hours. There was just a depth of the presence of God. Got in that service and All of a sudden, the spirit and the power of God started moving, and there's another church that rents that location after us, and it's a Romanian Pentecostal group. We had people laid out all over the floor, and I looked up at the time, and we were supposed to be out 15 minutes earlier, and the group is standing outside. I went outside to try to talk to the pastor to tell him, please, I'm really sorry, give us a few extra minutes. And as soon as I opened my mouth, I just started speaking in tongues and crying. And I couldn't explain, couldn't talk. He just looked at me 
tears in his eyes and said, don't say anything else. Take as long as you need. He said, the next time this happens, just open the doors and we'll join you. He said, by the way, he said, we've been standing outside after all of your services. He said, can you come preach for us? Now, let me just say this. They are a Trinitarian group. And he said, we need what you got. Amen, somebody. We carried people to the cars past the other church and they were just looking eyes wide open. Amen, somebody. Then turned around, ran to another service, amen, and got in that service and they were supposed to be done by 10 o'clock and about 11.30, amen. They were trying to shut the lights off and people were still speaking in tongues. So I'm not worried about it. I just want to get in the presence of the Lord today, amen. Amen. Now, some of you are like, well, what about eating? Amen. You can fast today. <laughs> By the looks of it, some of us need to fast. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I've eaten enough already. Amen. So I'm good for the weekend. You may not be. Amen. Too bad for you. Hallelujah. Should have been more sensitive to the Lord. He'd have told you to load up yesterday to get ready for today. Amen. Just kidding. Just kidding. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Some of you are like, bless God. He ain't going to praise that long. I'm leaving now. Amen. You go ahead and watch your, your, your little pancakes turn to worms and maggots while the rest of us get blessed. <laughs> Pastor, why are you messing with us? Because I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get you set up. Amen. I think some of you feel something in the atmosphere, but you don't even know where you're standing yet. And you feel something taking place, but you're not sure. In fact, some of you have went to your default, which is insecurity instead of standing in a secure place. Amen. There's a shift that's happening here right now. It's already started in this church and God's trying to make that shift. Mother Geddes, it's, it's there. And we've been just standing at one point, and now God sent me today to tell you why we're going to go from where we're at to where we're going next. Amen. Bishop, the Lord's heard your cry. And he's heard your prayer saying, make sure that things are aligned, Lord. So that when the shift happens, the shift is, is right. And we've not talked about a shift or anything else, but I'm telling you, the shift, God's already aligning. And in the alignment, amen, he's brought you to a door. Amen. There's a door of destiny upon this church. Lord Jesus, I ask you to open our hearts and our minds for revelation and understanding. Help us to receive from you today. Let our eyes see more clearly. Let us move our agendas, our attitudes, our fleshly spirits, our human spirits out of the way. And Lord, let us come in alignment with you according to your desire. Teach us. Let us receive from you. 
God, I am just a man. There's nothing within me that is good but you, Lord. And I'm asking you to shine through. Let your word, your revelation, and your power begin to go forward right now. Move me aside and let your spirit begin to challenge us and shift us and move us in the direction you've called us to. And Lord, I know that I've placed my thumb on it. Amen. I know last night in the middle of the night you met with me. And Lord, I know that this morning when I woke up, God, God, that you begin to download into my mind and my spirit. And so Lord, I thank you for that. I thank you for clarity and direction. And God, I ask that your people receive that as clearly as you have been moving upon me, Lord. I ask you to have your way. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I want you to put your Bibles down and what I want you to do is, listen to me very carefully, I want you, according to the portion of revelation and direction you want from God, I want you to clap your hands and lift up your voice. If you want little clarity and little direction, you just stand there or clap your hands a little bit, but if you want God to do something mighty in your life, forget your neighbor right now, I'm talking to you, amen. I want you to clap your hands with everything you've got and I want you to lift your voice and give him praise. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You can be seated, amen. Because it might be that what you align yourself with is going to stop you from destiny and it's going to give you a negative report. It's gonna give you a wrong report. It's gonna give you words against the man of God and words against the leadership and words against the church and you never move forward with those words. You always back your way up into the last season. There is no spiritual growth, amen, with gossip. 
Amen, somebody. There is no spiritual growth with bitterness. There is no destiny for greater things. Amen, when you got rebellion in your mind and in your heart. Are you hearing me today? Clap your hands and give the Lord praise. That's why you come up and you go, okay, let's go home. That was good. And then all of a sudden you get out that door and your text. You're like, oh, man, look at that text. Oh, man, look at this phone call. Oh, man, look at what they post on Facebook. Oh, man, look at that Insta slap. Amen. Amen. Twitter and all that other junk. Snap slap or whatever it's called. Amen. Amen, somebody. All those people are fake anyway, amen. Amen, they've statistically proven, amen, that 90% of it is fake and only 10% of it's real. They ain't your real friends. They ain't your real partners. They ain't really interested in you. They're just looking to put a thumbs up. Are you hearing me right now? So why base yourself on that? You've got a door of destiny. There's something pulling at you. This says I got a calling on you. You're a royal generation. You're a priesthood called out. You're not the same. You're peculiar. Hey, don't be afraid to live a holy life outside the church. Don't be afraid to stand as a one God apostolic in the workplace. I'll tell you why. You've got destiny all over your life. Somebody shout yes! But why is it that if the door of destiny is on my life, there's these other churches that look like us. (laughs) There are churches that sound like us. Why is it that there are churches, amen, that come up and man, they make me feel so loved. Well, didn't you ever hear that misery loves company? Ain't nobody like to be miserable all by themselves. But when misery has a victory of taking you down, amen, somebody. The Bible says there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. But when they ain't in Christ Jesus, it's it's now, amen, the condemnation and the conviction of God. And so in order to, amen, get that conviction to be hardened and to try and cover up condemnation, they just try to pull another brother out. They just try to grab you and talk smack about the church and the pastor. And oh, you should come check out. I've been there with you services. Come to one of my services. And they drag you around so that you'll come. And all you're going to see, Bubba, is a form of godliness that's denying the real power. There is an apostolic power that sets us apart. There's an apostolic power that makes us different. That's why you don't fit in over there. That's 
that's why you'll see them crawling in here in a few months going bishop I just gotta come home amen somebody amen somebody Sit down, sit down, sit down. This is good preaching, ain't it, sis? It is. This is good stuff, ain't it? It is. It's old-fashioned preaching. Amen. And that's why not least churches ain't getting this because they ain't going to go back to old-fashioned preaching. They don't want preachers. They want psychologists. Come on, preacher. Just let me lay on your couch for a little while. Come on, preacher. Just get in my ear a little bit. Woo, tickle my ear, preacher. Oh, don't talk to me about holiness now. Oh, no, 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 no. No, no, no. Don't talk to me about who God is. Oh, no, 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 no revelations. Don't get super spiritual now. Amen, somebody. If you notice, they don't even talk about heaven or hell. They don't talk about the blood. You want to know why? Because it opens destiny. It lets us see a picture of where we're supposed to go. It pulls us from where we were and it launches us as a church into another level. Watch this. Watch this. Sit down. That's why there's going to be a lot of people he's going to look at and say, oh, and I'm sorry, and who are you? Lord, we did all these miracles in your name. Lord, 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 we we gave all this money. We built orphanages. We put water wells. We bought goats. We even cast out devils. In your name. And he says, oh, by the way, I'm sorry. And who are you? Depart from me, you worker of You're either going to walk in destiny or you're going to be a powerless lookalike church. You're going to be a copycat, a fake, a pretender, always just going through the motions, hopping from church to church, never putting any roots down, never having any substance to your life, always being empty-headed, looking for somebody to manipulate your emotions instead of being a man of God and a woman of God that stands for this apostolic doctrine and walks in destiny. Some of you needed a minute so that it could all soak in and catch up. Because you're still sitting there like you're in the Baptist church. Amen, somebody. So we see, sit down, sit down for a second, sit down. There is no obstacle or opposition that can stop this. Amen. But the choice has to be made by the church to walk through the open door. The only person that dictates whether we get through the open door or not is you. 
And if you stay in the last seasons because you chose to stay right where you're at, you don't apply yourself, you don't push yourself, you don't pull yourself in submission. Amen, somebody. You don't check your thoughts to make sure it's with the mind of Christ. Are y'all hearing me right now? Your affections and your emotions start looking at earthly structure instead of on things above and not on things in the earth below. Amen, somebody. And so all of a sudden we start to look around and we say, well, the church is not what it used to be. And, and you know, it's just not the same. The only thing that's not the same is you, baby. Because remember when God got a hold of you, you didn't want to leave that altar. You grabbed that carpet and you put every bit of snot and moco you had in your head on that floor. And you wouldn't leave here until you heard angels and the voice of God speaking. Amen, somebody. You hungered to where you didn't need three meals a day. You didn't even need two meals a day. In fact, there was some of you, you didn't even need one meal in a week. Amen, because you just wanted Jesus and the only thing that's changed is not the doctrine and not the bishop and not his family but it's been you sorry I just can't get past this right now that is my introduction now can I preach turn with me to Revelation chapter number 3 then Man, it's been an entire year since I've been here. I gotta catch up, y'all. Amen, if I preach two hours every service that I'm here, amen, and there's been, let's see, 51 weeks since I've been here, amen, times three, which is six, times 50, which is 300. I got 300 hours in one weekend to make up. Some of you are like, oh, Lord. My roast is going to burn today. It's going to be dry. Going to be a waste of $10. Amen. You put more into your roast than you did into the offering. Somebody clap your hands and give the Lord praise. I know you got your Bible. Put it down for a second and clap your hands. Amen. Deacon Turner, we okay back there? Amen. 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 Revelation chapter number three. We're going to read verse seven and eight for just a second. Watch this. And the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, amen. These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth, amen, and shutteth and no man openeth. Well, I would have been a pastor by now if it hadn't been for Deacon so-and-so trying to make me look bad. I, I, I would have had my own ministry going by now. I would have had 35 churches by now. I would have been this in the church by now. Now, let me just tell you, God opens the door and no man shuts it. Amen, somebody. You just keep your spirit right. You just keep your 
your focus right. You just keep your heart right. And the Bible says your gift will make room for itself. It'll open its door and you'll walk and it'll bloom in its season. Amen. Its leaves will come forth and will not wither. The fruit will be in time and in season and it will be the best. Are y'all hearing me right now? And so he that is faithful and holy and true is telling them, I'm the one that opens and I'm the one that shuts. And then watch this, verse number eight. I know your works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door. And no man can shut it. For thou hast little strength and hast kept my word and hast not denied my name. <laughs> He's speaking to the church in Philadelphia. And he looks at the church in Philadelphia and he says, I'm not going to rebuke you. There's six other churches, I'm going to rebuke them. But this one I'm not going to rebuke. I know your works. And instead of a rebuke, there may be six other brothers that are supposed to be out doing things, but you watch how God will close the door and send a rebuke and he'll open the door for the faithful. If everybody else is getting ahead by doing it wrong, amen, eventually, amen, every deed in darkness comes to light. Amen, somebody. When I started the church that I'm in right now, I went to my pastor and I said, Pastor, I said, God's given me a call. I'm supposed to pastor. At that time, I was over the choir. We had an 80-voice choir. Amen. We were rocking, man. You reminded me of me, man, out there in the choir robes. My wife, amen, she came out of a church, amen, when I met her and stole her, amen, and took her away. Their choir had 250 members, amen. Choir robes, rocking, singing. I mean, no music, no sound system, just rock. And 5,000 people go to shouting, man. I mean, it's just awesome. Amen. And, uh, and so uh, when I went to my pastor, I told my pastor, Pastor, uh, uh, I, I feel a call to pastor right now. And God's moving in my life. And, he's, and I just want to bring it to you. I didn't take it to anybody else. I didn't have secret meetings with other men that could get to my pastor to manipulate him and communicate to him what my desire was. I went to the man of God and I said, I've got to meet you face to face. He said, tell me over the phone. I said, no, sir. I said, I've got to look you in the eye, man to man, and i got to let you know my desire, and then you pray with me and tell me what to do with this. He looked at me, and when I told him I felt a call to pastor, he said, when? I said, I don't know soon, but I need your blessing. And his wife said, I am a Appalled. Amen. She misunderstood me. Amen. She thought I was saying, I'm leaving right now. I'm got a church. I'm taking off. I'm out of here. See you. Bye-bye. Hasta la vista, baby. Amen. But I wasn't saying that. Amen. I was saying, you're the man of God over my life. You are the one that God's got to speak to first. And if I don't get released by the man of God, I can't move forward. Amen. Because I know the order and authority of God and how God flows from the top down, not from the bottom up. That's why 
why God doesn't influence the body to tell the man of God what to do. And that's why this is not a board run, elder run, deacon run church. It is a man of God run and led church. And the board gets in line with the spirit of God and the man of God to walk in destiny. Are y'all hearing me right now? So my pastor looked at me and he just, he just got up. He just stood up and he just walked away and left me sitting in that restaurant with my wife. And I was like, oh, Lord Jesus, what did I just, Woo! I started crying. I started shaking. And I said, Lord, please don't let me hurt or offend the man of God. I didn't go to bless God. I got a calling. You better release me. You better acknowledge the giftedness that I've got. I didn't go to him with a dream and a vision and say, you better surrender to this vision and dream. Let me, let me just tell you something. When you try to manipulate the man of God and the leadership of the church, amen, manipulation is nothing more than a form of witchcraft. And when you start to mess with manipulation and witchcraft, what you're really doing is you're messing with idolatry. And what you're showing is that you don't trust in the Lord. And so now you have to go to wicked devices of men. Amen. And now you have to manipulate things to align with your own spirit and your own will instead of seeking the will of God. I just preached a whole lot right there and some of you missed it. Amen. So I went to my pastor and I said, Pastor, I, I got down. And I said, Pastor, I said, I will wash your feet. I said, I'll shine your shoes. I'll wash your car. I'll stay here as long as you need me to until God speaks. But all I'm asking you to do is pray with me. I waited 12 more years. Amen. 12 years. I had friends tell me, man, what you doing still there? You're wasting your talent. You're wasting your time. Let me just tell you, if I would have left, it would have been on talent and not on anointing. I would have walked in giftedness and not the favor of God. Your talents and your giftings can be taken away, but the calling of God is without repentance. Are you hearing me right now? Amen, somebody. And so when you choose to operate from your giftings and your talents, you choose to operate from a point of idolatry and coveting the gifts and the talents and not the gift giver. Because submission says, I am nothing and I'll come in alignment and you can use me however you want to. Somebody say amen. And so I was willing to do whatever. I waited 12 more years. And there were times where my wife would tell me, honey, I need us to pray more. And we would pray more, honey. We gotta get direction. God's pulling, God's calling. And finally, I went to my pastor and I said, pastor, hey man, I'm preaching this revival. And this man of God over here told me to go into that city. That there's not an apostolic church. Go in there and take this city. And it's an elder man of God, been around for years. And my pastor looked at me and he said no I was like oh no alright Lord I'll wait 
called my wife in tears and everything within me wanted to rise up to be frustrated and upset. And I said, flesh, you will not win this battle. Because if I'm gonna get what God's got, I've got to keep this in submission. You cannot receive destiny walking in your flesh. And you cannot receive destiny walking in your own will. And he said, I want you to see something here. John the Revelator that I'm talking to the church amen the angel to the church of Philadelphia and the one that's talking is not John but it's he who is holy he who is true amen somebody and then it goes on and it says he that holds the key of David I usually just run past that because I want to get to the open door. This is exactly what charismatics are trying to do. They're trying to run to an open door without the keys. <laughs> let, me, let me show you something. This messed with me. Elder, when I started looking at this, I went backwards and I said, the key of David. What in the world is the key of David? Uh, amen. I don't know if you ever studied this out, Bishop, but I'm not that smart. Amen. Uh, and it never jumped out at me before, but then all of a sudden I looked at the key of David and I said, wait a minute, he's talking to Philadelphia. It's an open city. It's a trade route. It's a place that, that is considered the gateway to the east. And I went, oh, Wow, amen. When you came to the city of Philadelphia, amen, and you were coming from the east, it was a narrow way through, amen. There was a river, and then there was this narrow passage, and it was considered a very powerful trade route. Watch this, amen. God said, I know that you're weak. Notice the scripture. He said, I know you're weak of little strength, amen. And then he goes on. He said, but thou, Thou hast kept my word. Amen. Oh, you have not denied my name. Oh, you got to hear this right now. He began to show me. He said, Philadelphia, you've been going through some things, but I've positioned you at a door, at a gateway. He said, you have a little bit of strength, and though the weapon coming against you look great I put this little opening there so that even if all you have is a little army a big army can't get through a little opening and just a few of you listen to me if two or three agree in my name I'll be in their midst are you hearing me right now and some of you been looking at the devil out there in the valley and you've been watching him coming but let me just tell you something God's given you an open door and the door is meant for you to go through not the enemy it's for you and when the enemy comes in that door no weapon formed against me shall prosper listen to me when I am weak then I am strong when I been down and out when I've been persecuted I'm not defeated I am not destroyed I am not cast aside I've got an open door of 
so the key of David, amen, he told him, he said, I've given you a door and you're in control of what you let through that door. You stop fighting and you stop pushing, anything can get through that door. But if you'll keep fighting, it only takes a handful and you can stop anything on the other side of that door from getting through. Where has God positioned this church? He's positioned you as an apostolic church. Amen. And he's positioned you in a time to have a door of destiny. That's why this stuff keeps pulling at us. That's why we keep feeling like there's more. There's something. And when pastor begins to prophesy and other ministers come by and prophesy, that's why this church starts to feel it. Amen. Y'all checked out already? You still with me? Still with me? Amen. See, I want you to understand this concept of the gate and the key and the door and what he's talking about here uh, because he said the key of David. Uh, I, I was trying to get in my mind what is the mindset that the writer is talking about. Uh, and at the time of John, sis, can I borrow this cane down here for just a minute? Can I borrow that purple cane for just a second? Hand that to me for just a minute. Amen. When you came to a city, you knew who the authorities were by the keys. The keys were on a stick that was colored and they would have it on their shoulder. And at the end of the stick, amen, were attached keys. And those keys showed what level of authority they had. And so if you ever go back and you look at the dress, you'll see a man with a stick with all these pieces hanging off the end. And sometimes the keys, amen, didn't fit a lock. In fact, the key was the passcode to get through into certain areas and to identify his badge of authority. And so when you saw the pole on the man's hand, you would give honor and respect to the one that's coming. And the reason being is because of the keys that were attached to the pole. And so all of a sudden you'd come in and you'd recognize a governor. Oh, that's a governor. That's the color. That's the amount of keys of a governor. He's an authority. Oh, that's a magistrate. Look at the keys and the authority. Amen. I know we always talk about the ring, but what about the keys? Amen. And so all of a sudden you'd see the mayor and there's the mayor. Oh, I'm sorry, mayor. You can't come in this area. This is not your jurisdiction. Oh, yes, I can. I got the keys to walk in this area. Are y'all still with me today? Are y'all already thinking about your, your Taco Bell or whatever it is you're going to get today? Are y'all already worried about running down to the hamburger stand? Amen. Are you ready to unlock some things in your life? Amen, somebody. And so all of a sudden you'd see the dignitaries walking. You'd come to the gate, the door, the access point to the city. And what did you see? You saw the authority with the keys on his shoulder. And all of a sudden I went backwards and I went to the book of Isaiah chapter 22 and verse number 22 and I said God show me a little bit more about the keys because I'm not smart enough to 
to understand this the first time. And the Lord said, let me show you. I use the Old Testament to always point forward to what I'm about to do. And so in Isaiah 22 and 22, it says, and the key of the house of David will I lay upon his, what? 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 So he shall open and none shall shut. And he shall shut and none shall open. I said, God, you've got to realize that I'm not smart enough. Help me, Lord. I need revelation. And the Lord said, the keys of David have to be tied to a covenant. God is a God of covenant. That what the Lord has said he would do, he'll fulfill it. When the Lord prophesies, it will come to pass. And nestled here in the prophetic book and text of Isaiah 22, he said, I'm going to lay on his shoulder the keys. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government, amen, shall be upon his shoulder. Are you hearing me? Amen, somebody. He said there's going to be a seed of the branch of Jesse. Amen, somebody. He's going to be a child that's going to be born. And on his shoulders, he shall be called wonderful counselor. If you still don't know who he is, he's the mighty God. He's the everlasting father. He's the prince of peace. Why is it that the revelation isn't hidden? Some of these other people is they ain't got the key. Watch this. In the book of Revelation, God is speaking through John. And John identifies the voice that is speaking is God. But then he also says, he that is the voice that is speaking is the one that is faithful. The one that is speaking is true. And notice he uses the personal possessive pronoun he. Not they. <laughs> he says, I just want you to understand who's holding the keys. It's not the second person in a triune God. It's not Jehovah Junior. It's not somebody who needs to ask for authority. It's not some other. He said, but if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I and the Father are one. Are you hearing me right now? We've been given destiny through a revelation that came through a covenant called the Davidic covenant that on the house of David there would be someone that would sit on the throne of the kingdom forever. Who is that? It's Jehovah, God with 
us. Who is it that's holding your keys? It's God today. It's Jesus. When you say Jesus, you're saying Jehovah, my Savior, my salvation, the one with the keys to death, hell, and the grave, the one that has all power, not just some of the power. He is the mighty God that's been revealed. And when you got Jesus, you got destiny. When you've got one God, every devil trembles. Every devil's afraid. Why? Because I've got the key of victory. Some of us keep coming to church and God's put a door before us. What time is it? What time is it? What time is it? Okay. Amen. We come to church and instead of understanding that we were created in the image of God, and in the likeness of him. And that when we surrender to the power of the Holy Ghost, and we get the revelation of the mighty God in Christ. Come here, young man that just got the Holy Ghost. Come here. Let me just share something with you. When you get this key, and you got the Holy Ghost the way you did, you can't go to some Trinitarian church and feel comfortable. Because you realize they're not serving one God, they're serving many. Amen, somebody. You can't go down the street and fit in somewhere else even though they got a little bit of a move. Amen. No, 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 no. You got to be in a place that has the keys. That's the place that's under the covenant. The ones that are faithful to the faithful one who holds the keys. God is not confused, neither should the church be. For great is the mystery of godliness, for God was manifest in the flesh. Who was it that was seen by the angels? Who was it that was justified in the spirit? It was Jesus. It was God revealed to humanity in human flesh. It was God who came from spirit realm down into physical realm. Why? To Take back the keys to death, hell, and the grave so that you and I are no longer given the destiny of the enemy and you're no longer bound to your past and you're no longer bound to what you used to be but instead the door is unlocked and the door is open so you can be what God desires you to be. door. Stand with me on your feet right now. If I did anything that hurt or harmed, I will replace it with a better one. Amen. But I pray instead that God would just bless her with strength. And she don't need that. I'm
Lord, I ask you to bless her. Bless her descendants. Pour out to her. God, let great revelation seep into places and find those that have been running and on the run and things that she didn't even know that existed in her family, God. Let them turn them around right now and let God bless and give favor in Jesus' name. Clap your hands and give the Lord praise. door is a means of access doors represent opportunity when you look at a door it's not only an entrance but it is an exit how much longer do I have to stay in this how much longer will this last This season's got to change. Well, don't just hang out by the exit. Walk through the exit and enter into what's next. Choose you this day who you're going to serve. Somebody say amen. The same door, amen, that God uses to get you out. Amen, is the same thing like God promising you that with every temptation I will provide a, somebody say a door. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the door. And no one gets into this thing but by me. And anyone that comes any other way is a thief and a robber. That's why you don't get into this thing by shaking Bishop's hand in my hand. That's why you don't get into this thing by giving us your $10 per week. You get into this thing by obedience, by repenting of your sins, by making him Lord of all, recognizing that he has every key, every key to unlock your past and every key to seal every dirty deed you've ever done. And he has every key to unlock your future and to cause you to be what nobody ever thought you could be. Amen, somebody. He is the God that is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he did it for your neighbor, he can do it for you. If he did it yesterday, he can do it again today are you hearing me right now he is my healer he is my provider he is the way maker he is the wheel in the middle of the wheel he is not some other God but he is almighty God he is the holy one of Israel he is your way of escape but you've got to get up and you've got to move and you've got to quit sitting there and waiting for him to sing your song and giving you an opportunity to testify and you an opportunity to lead the ladies ministry or the men's ministry. You've got to get up right now and move without position, without a title. You've got to say, God, let me go and become what you want me to be. There is is a destiny on this church. If 
if you'll catch this destiny. And the Lord would permit for me to come back next year. I believe that this building is too small for the destiny that's on this church. Revelation 3.20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. You're here today, not just because you come to church. You're here because there is something eternal pulling at your temporal, saying, I want to pull you from where you're at. The heavens are open. Amen. God is waiting for this church to step into what's next. The reason why the enemy is intimidated and pressing and pushing and causing some of you to go through some of the things in your mind and your emotions and your spirit the way you are is because he sees the destiny. And he's watching heaven align right now. And when God's about to do something, he puts the resources together. And that's why we got to stop looking down. We got to look up. Our redemption draweth nigh. There are ministries waiting to be birthed. You say, oh, I want to be a pastor. No, you don't choose. You don't do the choosing. You just bear fruit and then God puts you where he needs you. Amen, somebody. God's standing at the door knocking. Some of you, he's been talking to you and moving on you and giving you dreams and visions. But you keep coming up with every excuse of why, why you can't do it. Why it needs to be somebody else. And why the things that limited your past are going to limit your future. But with God's perspective, he's not seeing what you were. He's seeing what you can be. Amen, somebody. So I ask you today, will you as a church hear his voice? He's knocking. Will you come into an altar and not just shout, an emotional shout and go home the same way. But will you come and open your soul and say, Lord, if there's something in me, 
that doesn't belong here, take it out. Transform me. God, this, this anger that I've had towards my wife and my kids, take it out. Amen, somebody. Those old curse words that I haven't said in a long time that slipped up the other day. Lord, can you please take those out? God, that jealousy against my brothers and the other ministers and the leaders, take it out. That bitterness of hurt from last year and last season and last dimension, can you take it out? Because I can't take this and get through the door with it. Change me. Shape me. Mold me. Lord, let me get lost in your glory for a little while. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to open this altar, but I'm only going to open it to those who want to walk forward with destiny. Those who want to step from last season into next season. Those who want to lay some things down and see God open a whole new realm to this church. Those who want revival like never before, this altar's open, but it's not just to come and do a dance. We're going to linger in the presence of the Lord right now. And we're going to tell the Lord, Lord, align us. God, give me the right desires. Give me the right direction. God, help me to know you like I've never known you before. Give me revelation like I've never had before. Help me to be faithful like I've never been before. God, I need you. God, I'm hungry for you. God, I'm thirsty for more of you. Pour out in this place as they begin to play and sing softly, amen. I want you just to stay and reach and push into the presence of the Lord until you've walked from the dimension you're in to the dimension that you can start seeing what the man of God is seeing and seeing the destiny that's on this church. And you can start walking in purpose and destiny and saying, I'm tired of playing with the things of the past and the emotions and the games and the little things that have hindered. Let there be a release in my life so that I can walk forward into the depth of the things of God today. In Jesus' name.